902 Brewing Company is the official beer of the Wager Pager podcast. Our friends over at 902 are putting out some of the best local craft beer in the Garden State. Log on to 902brewing.com to check out some of our favorite beers, like Juicy City IPA and Path Pale Ale. Or come grab a growler at the 902 Brewing Company tap room opening soon on Pacific Avenue in Jersey City, New Jersey. Are you tired of losing at sports betting? Start winning with Kingpin.pro. With Kingpin.pro, you can follow proven sports bettors and handicappers. Each user is required to put in their picks prior to each game. Kingpin scores and ranks users for total winnings, not units, as well as win percentage. This gives you, the sports better, the ability to follow not just winning cappers, but more importantly, consistent winning cappers. You can easily get instant notifications of picks by downloading the Kingpin.pro iOS or Google Play app. Download the app and register with promo code WAGER. That's promo code WAGER, and you'll get a 10% discount off your purchase. Get pumped, get psyched. It's the Wager Pager podcast with Chris Rogers and Brock Landers. up guys and welcome back to the wager pager pod where we talk sports gambling make picks and conduct must-hear interviews with some of the sharpest minds in the industry i'm your host chris rogers you can follow me on twitter at wager pager chris and please follow the podcast on the gram and twitter at the wager pager this is season two episode 16 recording live from van vorst film studio here in hoboken new jersey that's right We're coming to you from the mecca of sports gambling, our home state of New Jersey that won the Supreme Court battle and made the regulation of sports betting all possible. We have another great episode for you guys this week. We have professional sports better and New Jersey native Joey Toons calling in to talk about his process and what life is like for a sharp player here in the legal gambling ground zero. And of course, we got some plays for the Army-Navy game and NFL Week 15 picks coming your way. But first... Joining me, my co-host, one of the sharpest gamblers I know, my guy with 19 New Jersey betting outs, and someone who knows his way around the sportsbook, here he is, the Michael Finley of Gambling Twitter, Brock Landers. What a warm, wonderful introduction, Chris. That was that was great. That might have been one of the best ones of all time right there. Thank you very much. Uh, and, you know, being compared to Michael Finley, I'll take that all day. My first Dallas Mavericks jersey ever bought. Michael first Finley. jersey ever bought, huh? Yep. Michael Finley. Current director of basketball operations for your Dallas Mavericks, I Correct. believe, right? Yep, he's at all the games, yep. Drafted by Phoenix in 1995-96, made the all-rookie team, uh, played the bulk of his career in Dallas, two-time NBA All-Star, one of the forgotten members of the Dallas Big Three during that run-and-gun era in the late 90s. Yeah, Findog, though, he was the, the guy. He was the main number one while Dirk was uh, coming up and Nash was finding his way. Uh, he was kind of the, the vet they built around uh, that team. And uh, you got to talk about that last part there, I see. I know you don't, you don't want to bring it up, but I've, you know, 
Finley's a very complicated character for this reason. Go ahead, Chris. Tell the people. Oh, just just an additive there. Uh, the 2007 NBA champion with the Spurs. Uh, Good for him. He got a ring. Hurt so bad. Hurt so bad that he had to win a ring with that franchise. But the other Texas team. I actually, uh, I'll, I'll maybe send it to the show or something. But I saw Finley at a uh, Mavs, Mavs Knicks game. I want to say maybe two years ago. And got a little selfie as he walked by. I mean, me and Finn Dog. So very cool, very yeah. cool, man. So what's been going on in your gambling world? We uh, actually took a hiatus. If anybody didn't notice last week, so it's been two weeks since we we're back here in the studio. And uh, what's been going on? How you been doing? Yeah, I mean, you know, the things too with the show last week. That was like a perfect storm. Uh, it snowed on Monday. That backed us both up. Then I think I got sick like Tuesday. I don't know from being outside all day or whatever that was, but I got sick last week. So finally beat that over the weekend. But yeah, going into the gambling aspect of it all, just rolling through here, looking forward to the end of uh, the NFL regular season and Christmas coming up. That means bowl season is here. Just a great time. We got hot stove stuff going on. You know, I'm a big baseball guy. So a lot of stuff going on in the world of baseball, which I always like. And uh, yeah, just a, just a good time and year closing out. Got my 2020 notebook ready to go to keep all my my records and stats and all that great stuff. And uh, yeah, I actually made it to FanDuel over the weekend. I was there on Saturday briefly for, I want to say maybe from like 7.30 to 10. And uh, not much has changed. <laughs> Yeah, you mentioned the hot stove. What about the $324 million man, Garrett Cole, for my New York Yankees? Yeah, uh, he's the guy they needed. He was the best guy out there. And, yeah, they they paid him basically a very heavy, heavy amount. And, you know, hopefully that translates into some sort of a win for you guys. And uh, I got nothing against Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole, tremendous pitcher. Uh, really rejuvenated his career coming out of Pittsburgh and playing in Houston the last couple of years. I'm interested to see, though, how he wants the uh, the number one spotlight again. Kind of ended rough there for him in Pittsburgh as that number one guy, so I, I kind of question that, but he's got great backup guys there. I mean, Paxton, Severino, Tanaka, uh, they're definitely they're definitely doing the right thing there. Were you upset Didi left? Yes, I was just going to mention that, man. I love Didi. Filled in so good for Jeter over the years. I thought he was a rising star and going to be a Yankee for life, and boom, he's gone. Yeah, I mean, the move makes sense, though. I mean, they got Glaber Torres, and, you know, who knows? Cashman might not be done. You never know uh, with the Yanks. Right on, dude. I don't know what it is. Ever since my birthday, ever since Thanksgiving, I'm on fire, man. I, I'm just oh, yeah. doing real well. It's been well documented throughout the show, throughout the year. I mean, uh, let's talk been... about that. Monday night, you were red hot, sending me all this stuff. First <laughs> touchdowns, uh, d- double parlay, money line, NBA, big favorites. Uh, I'm not big dogs. I'm sorry, big dogs. Uh, yeah, yeah, cashing yeah. for you. I mean, I, we were texting. I think, uh, you know, I sent you that text. Like, I, I learned it from watching you, man, because you know, I took a page from the Brock handbook. You know, take a couple players, split up the unit. I think I had, uh, you know, 25 bucks on Golden Tate at like 16 to 1, 25 bucks on Darius Slayton at 18 to 1 to score the first touchdown. I was coming back from uh, Rutgers that night, my sports journalism class, and I'm, I'm on the train. I'm talking to my buddy. He's like, Giants just scored. I'm like, who? Who was it? He's like, I don't know. And the, people aren't familiar with these guys yet, you know, yeah, the rookie. Yeah. I don't know, number number 80-something. I was like, was it 86? Was it 86? Yes, yes, Slayton. I'm like, 
Fuck yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So that hit, that was a big hit, 18 to 1. I only had like 25 bucks on it, but it's a nice- But still, nice return. It's like yeah, four something, nice right? nice return, like 475 bucks. Yeah. And then like an hour later, I had a, a two-team underdog parlay going. It's 25 bucks. It was like Sacramento Kings plus 600. Which was a buzzer beater to win, right? Buzzer beater, last yeah. second shot. <laughs> and then I had the OKC Thunder versus the Jazz- but they were offering me the cash out, and I and I yes. wussed out. I took it. I took. The, they were only up eight, so I was a little worried. I'm sorry you know? too. I, I'm not really familiar with the cash out. I know you texted me, and I said to myself, "I hate to say yes, take it." And then they, you know, win, which happened. But also, I'm damned if I if I say no, don't take it, and they lose on a buzzer. Right, you right. Go, ah, Brock, I could have cashed out five hundred. Well, of course, I reached out to Brock right away. I'm on the phone with my dad because we've been playing together, and we're watching. I'm like, they're offering us six. They're offering <laughs> us six fifty. All right, so I'm back down to five twenty. My dad's take it, take it. It's like deal or no deal. Yeah, dude, we're like day trading. It was a twenty five dollar bet, so I cashed it for like five fifty five halfway through the third quarter. Like, why not? You know what I mean? So that was my actual first experience with the cash out. Of course, OKC went on to blow them out. So I could have cashed like 690 instead of 555, but I'll, I'll take it. I'll yeah, take it. That's a, it's still a nice hit. I mean, the buzzer beat, you already had that one game in your pocket with a lead. Why not? Yeah, dude. So it's, you know, bankroll builder moving on to, uh, you know, bowl season coming up. We're going to tease next week's episode. We got Colby Dant, good friend of the podcast, coming on uh, from the Sports Gambling Podcast. He was on last year on our college football bowl bonanza. We're switching up the format this year. Uh, Brock, Colby, and I, we're going to all be picking 10 games in, in a draft-like format. So it's going to be really fun, guys. Don't miss it. you got to tune in. The end result is going to be 30 picks from Brock, Colby, and I that the listeners can either follow or fade. It's going to be a really fun episode, so look forward to that next week. Anything else going on? Anything you're looking at on the horizon this weekend or, or anything that happened last weekend? Good beats, bad beats? Uh, yeah. yeah. NFL's been pretty damn good for the last couple of weeks, which scares me because that usually means the regression is coming somewhere. And I hate week 17. I've already skipped that week pretty much. So I'm into like the final two weeks here. I'm still alive in that DraftKings contest. So that's right. Fill us uh, in. Getting really nervous, Chris. Getting into the end here. Uh, I got like 11 picks to play with over the next three weeks if I choose to go into week 17. But I mean, from the start, that was always not to play week 17 kind of. Um, but yeah, right now, Matt, I think 38, I want to say, with about 11 remaining. And it looks like as long as I get somewhere around the 40s, I'll still get some money back. I think I'm like 98 right now out of 989 or something like that. Top 100 yeah. of 1,000, Brock, dude. Yeah. So I'm really That's hoping. That's awesome. I know, but I'm scared. I've been doing really good the last couple of weeks, and I'm scared now the next let. Like, I cannot go, like, you know, three and, and, you know, seven or something like that or, you know, three and four. I'm hoping best case scenario, finish this thing up with, you know, 64, 65%. I don't think I'm anywhere near in any range to be like one through five or anything like that. But if I get really hot here in the end, I could be like somewhere around 45, 48 picks somewhere around there out of 70. Um, so we'll see how that ends. But there's a lot of people underneath me with a lot of picks still to go. But it seems like anywhere between pretty much like 42 and 50 uh, should guarantee some sort of a payout. And, you know, it's been it's been fun. It's been, you know, definitely stressful. 
I like the contest a lot. I hope it comes back next year, but it sucks. Now you get into these final weeks and you're like, man, there's games from a couple of weeks ago that I probably should have just played. And, you know, you look back uh, at them. Then I got scared. Like I, I was going to play the Rams on Sunday. And then I said, you know what? I went three and one this week. Let's keep a pick for next week as an extra one. So it sucks getting into the second guessing part of it, but I've kind of had a routine the last couple of weeks, and uh, I'm just going to keep going and see what happens. Hopefully you get in the money, and uh, we'll take everybody out for drinks here. Hey, crush it, man. You know we're rooting for you. Brock Landers. You guys can follow Brock on Twitter at BrockLanders41, and you can follow me at WagerPagerChris. Let's keep the show moving, guys. we got a really fun interview this week with Joey Toons, a New Jersey-based professional sports better. Get pumped. Get psyched. All right, guys, our next interview with Joey Toons is proudly presented by our presenting sponsor, 902 Brewing Co. 902 Brewing is located here in Jersey City, New Jersey. Tonight, I'm sipping on a Christmica winter ale. That's right. It's a play on words. Half Christmas, half Hanukkah. Christmica winter ale. The holidays in a can. A nice, sweet, amber, malty backbone that lets our favorite holiday spices jump through. Cheers, one, to whatever holidays are your thing. Chrismica Winter Ale, 7.6% alcohol. Brock, what are you drinking tonight? Chris, I've got one of their uh, New England Pale Ales, 6.2% alcohol, and uh, this is the Quantum Mechanics. Great stuff here. It's a uh, smooth, hazy base, lets in some tropical fruit, citrus, grapefruit, and orange flavors that jump right through the can. Store cold, drink fresh, 902 Brewing Co. All right, guys, this week's guest is making his first appearance on the pod. You may know him from his hashtag feed me on gambling Twitter. He's a professional sports better, market maker, and self-proclaimed college football nut based out of, you guessed it, New Jersey. Here he is, Joey Tunes. You guys can follow Joey on Twitter at Joey Tunes 2. That's at J-O-E-Y-T-U-N-E-S and the number two, Joey. Welcome to the Wager Pager, man. Hi, how is everybody? We're doing good. We're doing good. Getting ready for the holidays. And what an awesome guest to have on. We've been hearing about Joey Tunes for a while now, and we've been uh, so happy to get you on here finally. Just kind of give everybody that's listening kind of just a quick background. We know you're from New Jersey, maybe how you started out, coming up, starting out, and, and whatnot. Yeah, so I'm from the South Jersey area, which uh, a lot of people don't know about, I guess. I'm, I'm really outside of Philadelphia. So basically, uh, me coming up was... Um, sports betting was kind of just like a thing, uh, you know, to, to do on the East coast. So it's very popular and everyone ar- around us would do it. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't anything new. Our, our parents and, and all our friends did. I got into it at an early age, probably like, um, 15 years old. You know, I started doing, um, those parlay cards where, uh, you know, the two point over unders and, and that type of thing. Uh, so I was betting them. I was also giving them out in school, you know, making some extra money. So I was around it um, constantly. You know, I knew a lot of bookies. Um, then uh, I got a job delivering pizza and uh, the manager or whatever was a bookie. So I started getting people to go through him and um, started learning a little bit more. He was giving me a little bit of a kickback at the time for getting my friends to bet through him. Uh, and I would get like a red zone at people are familiar with that. Uh, 
But I, that was on the other side of the fence. So after years of donating money and just being a square and like going through the process of betting, you know, you never, you never are, you know, great at it. You're never really great at anything until you start doing it for a while. And I had to go through the growing pains of, you know, coming up as a, a no vice better. Um, so after probably, I don't know, four or five years of kind of doing that and, and learning more and more, I, uh, I started to want to go out on my own and started wanting to challenge myself betting. And this was around probably, um, uh, 2000, 2001 is when I really started to, uh, kind of, you know, get my pro card or started keeping my ratings and, uh, and started really like knowing a little bit what's going on. I started, uh, reading markets. I had a screen then and, and sort of really getting into it. So, but still, it was still hard. It, the only difference was, uh, back then there was really slow moving lines and you could really capitalize on just that. Um, so a guy I met in book about him, he's in Philly, you know, uh, he was like the first guy I knew with like an offshore website when they were first coming up. So the main source of lines back then was a site called scores and odds pretty much around our way that, uh, that the guys would use and, uh, they would only update their odds every 20 minutes. Oh, wow. So back then it was, yeah, it was a lot easier to just pick off numbers as far as that. And, uh, you know, they had no idea it was only call-ins until up until like the site started becoming popular, maybe like. Oh, five or so, you know, all the offshores. So basically I would sit there and refresh my, my, uh, my site and kind of know where the lines were going to go and, and hone in on different types of books that way. And, uh, I mean, still today, still line movement is king. And I still sit here and analyze the markets all day and trade all day and, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so that was kind of my first start. Uh, and, and, from being on the, like, you know, for, for helping the manager out at the pizza place, I kind of saw what was happening as far as people betting, you know, at that time it was <laughs> the Rams over or whatever. Like it was just constantly favored over. And I found myself just always rooting for the Cleveland's and the Miami or whoever at the time. But there's a lot of value on those teams because people couldn't really decipher. There wasn't info. There wasn't enough data back then on a team getting points. All they knew was, well, this team's better. Well, yeah, it's better, but the spread is equalizer, you know? So I always wanted to, um, I always wanted to like be on top or, or try and push myself. And even though I was making money in that red zone, little deal or whatever, I was only, you know, 17, 18 at the time. Uh, I wanted to like, I think I could, you know, do well in this. So that's kind of how I got my start. That's awesome. And now I was going to say, now, how did you learn more about, you know, seeing that there was other lines that were out there and how that there was, you know, how did you become almost like an advantage player? I was going to say, maybe you learned from the book guy was telling you, but uh, when did you kind of realize that there was a whole nother aspect to just, you know, picking, you know, what you see? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of, um, I mean, I was always big on going to Vegas. So I, I literally turned 21 in Vegas. Like I went there when I was 20 and 364 days old or whatever. So I turned, I turned 21 in Vegas and 
I knew a lot about the lines and I had some friends that still live there and that, you know, like it, it was like such a big thing. Then you could, you could go across the street and have a three and, and down the street and have a six. It was, it was, it was crazy. So line shopping was always something I would read about or kind of uh, figure it out on my own. I'm, I'm kind of like that person in general, even with like uh, as silly as like vitamins, like I'm sitting there in the, in, in the Rite Aid aisle yesterday and I'm buying vitamin D and I'm, it's like three different kinds, you know, it's like 400 <laughs> hundred milligram capsules, 200, 200 milligram capsules or 500 milligram capsules at a hundred. And I'm sitting there doing the math of my head. So that's just me in general, like always looking for the, the best deal to the T. So to me, it kind of came naturally, um, you know, but reading and, and being around people that were, you know, smarter than me, then, then that's how I kind of, uh, realize, you know, like line, line shopping is good in itself, you know, over the course of, I don't know how many bets I make a year. It's a shitload, but, um, you know, just, just the difference in a push and a win is, is huge as many times as that happens. So line shopping is something you have to, you have to, you know, know, or, or at least try and get multiple accounts or outs or ways to get down like that. Yeah, Joey, uh, vitamin plus EV. <laughs> I know, I know, it's, I know, I know what you're it's saying there. And I'm not even lying. I did it yesterday. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you mentioned line shopping. What are you doing these days? Are, are, um, are you a strict, uh, paper, you know, pencil handicapper? Are you doing computer modeling and stuff like that? Are you into live betting? What's your current state of, of like your process and, and what, what you're doing with your betting? Well, I'd like to get into live betting, honestly. Um, I think it's, you know, the way of the future, because everybody keeps gaining a step and a step and a step and the market's getting harder and it's getting, it is getting harder to win. Like I said, I mean, even 10, 20 years ago, seems like how funny it was then. But uh, no, I'm not into any live. Uh, currently right now, the only sport I'm really originating that I have a semi-small model is uh, is NFL and college football. That's That's how I made whatever. That's how I made my living through all the years. I mean, it's impossible to do all sports. I tried because I'm that type of person to try and conquer everything. And just, I remember staying up until two, three in the morning, trying to put together ratings and, and going through, I still go through a ton of box scores. That's a big part of my process, really figuring out, uh, you know, what, what happened in the game, because there's way more in depth than just a, a win. But, um, Besides that, um, um, yeah, I'm very good at analyzing the market. I've been staring at the screen for over 20 years now. I can kind of figure out what's fake, what's real. I work with a, a bunch of originators that, uh, you know, that, that help me out in other sports and I help them out by, you know, betting for them or whatever. And, uh, and that's pretty much the process, you know, as of this point, football has always been my passion. Basketball is, I think the you know the the best sport to actually bet because every every number is kind of the same you know I mean you could argue with people that the three and two in basketball are worth a little more I tend to agree but uh, football every number is different and it changes every year with the with the kicks being moved back or taking away this and different types of penalties and the two point conversion and so on and so on 
But um, yeah. So I'm not I'm not programmer or or really in depth model. I I basically work with people that you know do that and uh, that excel at that because you, you I found out early you just can't do it all. I mean I it's too much. It's 365 days a year. It never really shuts off, and there's just not enough time to do it all. So. You know, I have no problem with competing, saying I'm not the best in everything, but I'd like to be overall, you know, better in in, in that that way. Tremendous stuff, guys, as usual here from uh, Joey Tunes, formerly known as L. Joey Tunes, but (laughs) going just as Joey Tunes right now. Some of our listeners are are a little bit new to the game. That's why we bring on sharp guys such as yourself. Could you um, please explain to us and the listeners what does it mean to be a market originator? Well, I think uh, first you have to uh, you have to go to the growing pains, like I said. But um, you should start off by by making a power rating, even if you have to kind of piggyback. Uh, I don't know, like Sagarin or or a Massey or something, just to a base is important, and then as the season kind of uh, goes on, you got to make the adjustments yourself. Like every algorithm doesn't have everything in it; it's just the starting point, and you got to make your own opinion, your own decision. And there's no there's no right answer on uh, Stafford being hurt or Jameis Winston's thumb this week. Is he going to be 100? percent There's there's no right answer to that. It's it's what you think his worth is, you know? So, uh, but, but that's, that's my process too. You know, you get a starting point. I carry it over from the year before and, uh, you know, in college football, I adjust for what's known through, you know, multiple sites or Phil Steele, like, uh, you know, like yards per play, what they did turnover wise last year, re- recruiting and, uh, how many starters they brought back, how many important starters they brought back. So that's, that's my basis to start the season. And then every game I go through and I see, you know, through the box scores and and follow it all week and follow the beat writers and kind of, kind of adjust my ratings as the week goes on. It gets tougher as the, I, I think it gets tougher. I think for real modelers, like the more data they get, it gets better as the year goes on. But for me, it's like right now this week in the NFL, it's it's tough. There's so many games off the board. There's questionable everywhere. I mean, Oakland has like 70 guys injured. Who knows? It's getting steamed. So it's it's real. It's you got to stay on top of it, especially later on in the year because your numbers can kind of start drifting off. You know. So, but starting with power ratings, I think uh, to answer the question is is the it's got to be the main process. So you you get at least a base off you know where where the number is or how far it's off or where it's going etc gotcha yeah always got to try to look for those edges um kind of going back into live betting you kind of touched on a little bit kind of a two-pronged question here do you watch the games we know a lot of guys that have been on the show that say they beat the number you know go on do something else and then that's it and then we have some people that watch from beginning to end and game after game how do you kind of adjust that I mean, to be honest, I don't I don't watch as much as I used to, or uh, probably should, because I want to. It's not that I I like watching it. I I wish I had more time, but I'm I'm honestly I have you know monitors everywhere and and screens everywhere and bells and whistles and uh, you know I'm I'm basically trading at that point. I don't really. It's kind of on and I kind of look up, but 
Saturdays are so crazy with four sports going on and, and catching the right number in line and everything that I don't watch as much as I should or used to at least for sure. But I, there's two different ways I think to, to handicap it. I mean, basically your, your eye can be good and bad. You know, it tells you basically what's going through the box score. I mean, some of the games I watch, like you realize that, you know, this team lost by 13, but it wasn't as bad as it looked. Maybe it was garbage time. So you could figure a lot out. It's just, it's kind of, for me, compiled in, uh, in, in box scores in the screen. I mean, how can you watch that many games? There's 130 games on a Saturday. I mean, you're going to watch them. And if you do, you're going to watch Alabama Auburn. You're not going to watch <laughs> where the better value is in Kent State, you know? <laughs> Appalachian State versus Troy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're the games I like. Right on. That's where you got the edge, right? Joey, let me ask you. Yeah. Do you work with with a team? Do you have a team under you? Or are you like a, a, a lone wolf, man? How do you How do you operate? No. Uh, we have, uh, I have about five guys that work with me currently. Um, you know, so I have a guy that, uh, well, I had guys sitting in, in Jersey and everything, uh, that would sit at sports books for me, but that's kind of uh, dying out fast <laughs> as, as probably everybody knows the new European models. They don't want any type of winners. Um, that's right. You, we have, you were actually uh, featured in that article, right? That David Purdom wrote about getting kicked out. Yeah. For ESPN.com? Yeah, I only like to bitch a little bit. I mean, it is what it is. I, I mean, I get it. You know, it's like, if who wants any, if you could eliminate anybody that could hurt you, you know, why do you want that? Why do you even want to give away 15000 a year, you know, or whatever? But it's not really bookmaking. It's kind of, I mean, it's, it's kind of just fraud. I mean, you, you, you allow people to lose for the books to have an advantage, you know, it's like, they'll take, here's a perfect example to to get off subject, but I'll come back to that. Um, If, if there was an injury or something or a parlay card and the person didn't know that they took the, you know, they took a bad bet that Mahomes wasn't starting or they didn't know the the sports will take those bets. But then if somebody comes in and, and, and bets that, you know, a sharper guy, then they, they'll take it off or not give them the bet or, or you beat them to an injury type of thing. Like that's just, you allow the person to, that has an advantage to, you know, bet. And then a person that thinks or has an advantage, you know, you, you call that like disingenuous, you know? So that, that kind of hurts me a little bit. Now, now that sports gambling is legal, Joey, though, like you said, I mean, they're using the, the European model of kicking people out as soon as they figure out that they're sharp, uh, you know, this and that, and limiting people right away. Um, has this changed your business in any way, or are there still some places that you can honestly say, hey, I could still go to this casino and bet, and hey, sometimes I still go to this casino, give them that? Uh, what's kind of how that's been going so far since legalization? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I'm all for legalization. I've always have, and, and I like that it's kind of pulling sports betting out of a gray area because it's a victimless crime or it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago or bookmaking, whatever. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad in that sense that I could kind of, at this point now, finally, I could go out and not kind of hide what I do, you know, because I'd be the guy at parties. Like, I, I do real estate also, and that's kind of, what I would just tell people, even though it's not a passion of mine or like it is like sports betting, but just to tell your family. And I mean, you know, I, 
I grew up saying, what can I say that I, I'm a better, like, you know, it's like no one won or, you know, most people don't think that it is beatable, any type of gambling. So that kind of irked me. Like I I know I have to go to parties and say, yeah, yeah, I did real estate uh, and whatever. And I can't really talk about what I want to talk about because it's kind of just like, yeah, yeah, sure you do. And you just look like a degenerate, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) Yeah, so I'm 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 good. I'm happy for that. It's just the way they're approaching it isn't. I mean, there's there's few guys out there like you know South Point and uh, and resorts in um, in New Jersey is good. Uh, Sandal is okay. Uh, you know, it's like you take what you can get. I wish it was better. You know, and then you got your William Hills, which are terrible. And and most Jersey casinos have they don't really cut you. They, uh, I mean, they don't really throw you out. Now their new thing is limiting like DraftKings on $47 Caesars on $74. And, and the people I talk to really don't even have a, a clue of, I'm like, why? I mean, the one guy at Caesars was telling me that they don't cut anybody. And I'm like, well, I just bet the Tennessee Titans and my max bet was 74. Like, no, no, we all the same limits. And then finally it talked to somebody else and they're like, yeah, we can't give you any info. It's just, that's how it is now. But there are a few places that are okay. Resorts being the best, uh, at least in Jersey. Um, as far as my business, it's not really based off that. It's based off, uh, you know, credit shops and, and local guys, uh, and, and offshore, offshore is better, you know, some post up places and, and, uh, and books in Costa Rica and so on and so on. So although it helps, it's if they took it away or I didn't have it three years ago anyway, uh, you know, my business still strives and life goes on. <laughs> Joey, just a follow-up question, because you talked about like local guys and stuff like that. I'm sure you've yeah. had these outs probably for years. How do you not get cut off from an out like that, like a local guy that you could just keep beating and beating? Is it more just they respect your your action and they can kind of offset it with all the other square stuff that they get? Like, how do you last with a local guy? Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard. I mean, there's, there is a couple outs that survive. Uh, but most of them are just a total, you know, I'll lose 30 Monday, gain 30 Monday, and it's kind of like a snowball effect. So if you beat a bookie, they're kind of like, what's going on here? They'll ask my betting partner, what is it? Who is it? Why? How, the, 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 the PPH place will call them and say, this guy's sharp. He's yeah. beating the lines. And, and if they don't know, it kind of drums up their curiosity. And then we'll kind of go into the spiel like, hey, look, man, you go out and get us accounts. If you don't want it, then get behind it, you know? And that kind of snowballs and, and works. But as far as keeping accounts, no, I mean, it's, it's constant rollover. It's, it's actually confusing. I mean, it's, um, it's just, it's madness on Mondays, how many accounts are shut off and, and how many we pick up and, and stuff like that. But some survive the test of time and some people use my info to kind of bet themselves. I mean, a lot of guys I deal with are, are basically like loser betters or, or have lost and really don't have the time and the energy to put into it. And, they know, look, like Joey Betts and there's other guys, you know, whoever Spanky or, or Rob or whoever is that that are actual betters that we can give out to. They're not a tout. I don't need $25. You know, I'd rather bet with you. You know, I, I really am betting the game. You can see it. We 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 uh, exchange every week. So I'm, I'm in the trenches with them, and, and I think they kind of like that. 
but they do like to see, even if they get a half point worse or whatever, to them, it's like, I'd rather be on that side and have, you know, 30 pushes throughout the year than just have no idea what's going on because you have kids, a wife that'll bitch at you if you put the, put the resources you need into it, <laughs> then just, then just kind of, you know, piggybacking, even if it's at a worse number, they feel like, you know, I'm on the right side, I'm on Joey's side or whatever. So that, I think that's mostly, is, you know, is what, what's going on. So sometimes they'll just give me an account and, and have three to themselves. They kind of like, you know, when I bet, they'll bet also, especially NFL. I mean, that's the main thing. And lines aren't moving that much. So right. to them, it's like, yeah, 10 cents, 15 cents, whatever. You know, I still got five minus 15, even though he has five minus five, et cetera. Do you, do you find too, I mean, I don't want to get into it too, too much if you don't want to, but do you find that these local outs just use, you know, a same sharp line, like a pinnacle or a Chris, or are these guys actually moving these things themselves? Like I always wondered the background of, of some of these sites. No, I'm pretty familiar with all that. And they, it's basically just an auto mover. Okay. And it's very, it, they're usually attached to like, like you said, like a Chris or a pinnacle and, uh, and that's pretty much stems the market and, and they can be taken advantage of because it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of unfair for them to, you know, it's like, if I'm moving their line without even betting them, if I, if I pop pinnacle or Chris or whatever, like their line's going to move, whether they have the action or not. So it's tough to bookmake like that. I don't, I don't really understand how you could have big, you know, how can you take on short players when you, you might be heavy giants and uh, you know, me or whoever, uh, 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 you know, a pro bets the line down and you, you don't even want that side. You know, it's like you, right. your, your action isn't stemmed by your own balancing. It's stemmed by, Chris. So what Chris needs is automatically your line. So it's, it's kind of Bush. I mean, it's, it's not, not a great way to book. You don't even really know your own action, but a lot of these guys, I feel kind of log in Sunday and, and see where they're at. You know, they're not, they're not working on it and, and actually moving the numbers or anything like that. I mean, they're just paying their $10 per head and, and relying on, you know, people in Costa Rica to kind of hopefully balance their book and, and stuff like that. Uh, Joe, if you could touch on, too, just the way that, you know, for somebody that's listening, that's starting out, that wants to maybe take it to the next level, how much is involved on a day-to-day -day basis? I mean, what's a typical day in the life for you? Is it a, you know, wake up, look at the lines from overnight, uh, read this, read that, kind of just go over a day in the life of Joey Tunes? Well, I wake up uh, around 5.30. I have to go to the gym immediately to get uh, get my energy subdued. And... Uh, you know, then I'll, I'll come into the office around 8.30, kind of set everything up, the accounts, the best. And, uh, you know, we, we use we use robots, so that, that we load all this stuff up. That takes, like, 20 minutes to monitor everything. Uh, then I'll kind of gather, like, the schedule, and uh, I'll go down the schedule. I'll go down in football. Well, football, I adjust my power ratings overnight, so I'll kind of – I have them – I actually put them on my Don Best screen, what I make my own lines. So I kind of have it against the market and uh, a starting and an, and an ending point. So during football season, I'll do all that. Um, and then around nine o'clock is really nine, nine thirty is when, you know, most of the trading 
uh, begins. So we'll start doing our market analysis then, and we'll start talking to the people we work with on a daily basis and kind of see, you know, w- what's going on in the market. I'll have opposing views from the, uh, the originators, you know, if I say I deal with five to seven, it's like you get a lot of crosses, you know, some, some person like this, some person like that. And then if we move the number, it moves into somebody else's range and I kind of have to balance that. Or I try and brokerage like the deal, say if, uh, if one, uh, one originator likes, you know, whatever, I'm looking at the screen now, Yale, and the other likes Massachusetts, I try to broker a deal where it's totally stays off screen to where, you know, they both save the juice. Kind of like, you know, what, what, what I hope comes into fruition is, is more like a matchbook and, uh, and more like a, a market. Like that's what I'm hoping is, is more of the future. I know the guys from sport trade are trying to net them and, uh, to kind of leave the, uh, leave the bookmakers out of it. So, you know, we don't get thrown out. It's just may the best man win. You're not really hurting anybody. It's just, you know, player versus player. Uh, so, but, uh, yeah, so we'll do the trading all day and, and basically crunch the numbers. Two rushes in a day. It's, it's usually about Eastern, like nine, 12, you know, Vegas wakes up at 11 East Coast time. And then that's just like everything's going on. Uh, and then it kind of settles down around one. We kind of gather our positions. We have, uh, we have a program that gathers like all the positions I, I have in the day or the week. Football's a lot tougher, obviously, because you're, you run out of credit and you have to manage your, your ammo for the week. But we have, uh, and the positions last all week. So, you know, if I think I kind of analyze what comes in and who I respect more. And obviously there's guys that I respect the hell out of. So when someone calls me and, and, you know, they want the over on, a on Yale or five any trades, or can I help them get down some, or some people just give me their, their, their numbers and kind of say, look, you know, do what you can. If, if you're going to sit there all week and you see a number that, gets within my range, then let's play it. And you kind of get a break and organize around midday. And uh, about five o'clock, we'll kind of feel like what we're going to do with my, our positions. And, uh, and then we'll get more calls for let, uh, late betters. And, uh, and, then, and then the halves come in right around this time. And about nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, I finally shut it down. But in between is, is a lot of, talking to my betting partners. I like to stay in touch with them. They have so many questions because they're looking at the accounts and they want, they want to kind of know what's going on. I mean, they all, everyone is really into this, you know, and they're just trying to gain knowledge on kind of how to better themselves. And uh, it's understandable because we were all there. I was there. I mean, we all, I knew nothing at one point. And uh, so I like to help them out. It's also kind of, uh, I'm trying to sell myself uh, with making phone calls, trying to get more accounts. So that's kind of like my whole day, a lot of that. Very interesting stuff, Joey. Um, you know, coming through with your army of accounts and army of outs, I don't think many people, you know, treat their the people the way you do. And that's probably why you're so successful. Uh, 
Before we let you go here, we're going to ask you something that we ask all the professional bettors that we bring on the show. Who's your Mount Rushmore, living or dead, four best handicappers in the game? <laughs> that, uh, yeah, dead or alive. So I guess I would have to Excluding go yourself. Excluding yourself. Uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I guess, I mean, a lot of the other guys, are, I'm not sure, but... Uh, so I guess Billy Walters, you know, obviously would be on there. Uh, I think Tony Bloom would be on there. Um, Who's Tony Bloom? Can you explain who Tony Bloom is a little bit? He's uh, he he's a part of a group, um, Star Lizard, out in Europe um, that just dominates soccer, like a really really detailed organization. You can't even have your phone in the building, like. I mean, really, really great soccer betters. I mean, probably, honestly, the best in the world at this point. I mean, but all, all I know is stories about them, but they're very, very well respected. And basically all they do is, uh, is soccer because it's such a big market. You know, that's, that's the thing. It's like you need, most of these big guys need to get money down and, and the casinos. And if you don't have accounts, you can't really bet what you want to bet, which is like unfair. That's what we all run into this problem. So, and it, it, that's like a main issue, but soccer is, is, you know, worldwide. So people kind of try and take that on, but it's such a, it's a sharp market because it's big liquidity. So, yeah, but I think I would uh, put him on there. Um, there's a guy by the name of Robbie who uh, I'm really close with. He lives in Costa Rica and he kind of started up uh his own like math model for, uh, for betting and was, he started up pinnacle and had a lot of things, uh, to do with that. So in my mind, I guess I would, uh, put him on the, uh, the Mount Rushmore, I guess those three. Um, so what, one more, including myself too. <laughs> one more. If you got <laughs> one more. Hmm. Let me see. I don't know. Maybe the Greek. I guess maybe Spiro would uh, would be on there. But again, I don't. I don't. I never really dealt with him direct. I heard of him. I bet into his shop. But I, I know like he was a a very good NBA capper uh, as far as that. But um, I do have to give credit to uh, Spanky because he he pretty much introduced me to robotics, uh, and that was a that was a big leap because uh, if you I mean you really can't be people. People hate that you use robots and, and, and things like that. But I mean, that's the way it's going. I wish they would embrace it more than say you're cheating. I mean, the stuff we hear with the robots is incredible. Like I know the outcome of the games I've posted stuff. Uh, that's like, it's so funny that, you know, your robots only as good as the person, uh, you know, driving it or behind it. It's my, my robot doesn't do, it doesn't pick games. It doesn't go out and, know which which who's going to win how is a robot going to tell a 19 year old athlete how to win <laughs> i mean it's crazy but it's it's a big part if, if you don't have it it's very hard to keep up and uh and that's especially with all the accounts i mean what real way is there to bet through say 50 accounts you know i mean you don't have the time that you did when when the older guys were doing like think and all that like i mean i I would do either way. I mean, I came up kind of halfway through both, but, uh, I mean, now you really, it's hard to be a pro. I don't really know many pros 
that don't have one. I mean, I know modeler, modelers and, and originators that, you know, that use maybe people like us or whatever that, you know, have robots. They don't really need it because they have the models. So, but yeah, I just want to kind of touch on the robotics part too. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, you know, by the time you sign into one account, hit the move before it hits the screen. I mean, there's no way you're going to get it over 49 other accounts, you know? Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, Joey, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, my last question that we always try to ask people on here, uh, any bets that stand out to you over the years, uh, a really good bet that hit that just is, you, you know, just up there you think about all the time or any ones that, you know, really went a, a wrong way and you're, you're like, man, I wish things uh, changed on that game. I'll never forget it. Hmm. There's been so many like good and bad beats, but you always remember like the bad ones. I feel actually, I was on a couple games this year that actually were crazy that I won it. Um, like that San Fran three weeks ago with the fumble recovery and Air Force beating, I think it was Colorado, Colorado State on a 99-yard uh, pick six at the end of the game, like covering the 10. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people were pissed on that at Twitter. Um, I mean, honestly, I was just talking, I was just talking to David Purdom, and I was telling him about, uh, he asked me a question about the Mayweather McGregor fight. And I was telling him, I said, I mean, I put a decent chunk on that, even though it got down to three to one, it's still a scary, you know, bet knowing that you lose so much to win so little, but I just was telling him like, and I preached it then, I don't think you're going to find a, a better value bet like that in your, in our lifetime. I mean, to me, it was like, pretty clear you know it was, it was almost like i don't know if you saw the great white hope or was it great white, <laughs> yeah great white hope i think and uh or great white height great white Hike. samuel l jackson right <laughs> yes yeah and it kind of felt like mcgregor was being built up <laughs> like tommy uh what's the name of the irish guy and uh, I'm, I'm thinking like how how can you not bet the the best probably pound per pound fighter he never he i think he hit the canvas one time in his life versus a guy who never isn't even comfortable with boxing gloves. I mean, to me, it was just like crazy. And I only have to lay three to one. I mean, I laid more on the Yankees last year. So, <laughs> and that's just game 83, you know? <laughs> so that, that stands out to me. And it was brought to my attention literally an hour ago. So, um, it beats, I, I remember a Boise game that drove me nuts. And one of the guys that works for me now, um, Man, I was so pissed that I think they scored a meaningless touchdown with no time left. It had to be probably like 10 years ago. And I, I had a Yankees bat on my wall, and I, I just went apeshit and, and took the bat and just kind of smashed a few things. And he was like, dude, I'm out of here. <laughs> but I can't recall really really the, uh, the game of the situation. But I just remember 11 seconds left. And, um, and I remember losing that game, and I was so heated. Uh, there was there was a really good game that I'll still always remember. It was an Outback Bowl, and it was Iowa LSU, and uh, the spread was like maybe seven and a half. And I had the dog Iowa, and they in the last like five minutes it was close the whole game, and I think there were two back to back. Uh, I think it was like oh six or so, oh seven maybe Outback Bowl. Look it up, and they returned back-to-back -back kicks and I was 
jumping for joy on one, then super depressed three minutes later. And then Iowa got the ball like in the last minutes and they were in the red zone. And it was, it was like a big play for me back then. And they wound up winning the game. Uh, I remember, uh, or no, they didn't win. I think they covered. <laughs> I don't remember who wins. It's just really all about covering. But man, it was that, that game was like crying to happy to crying. Yeah, a roller coaster of emotions is sports gambling yeah. stuff. Uh, anything you want to uh, give to the listeners as far as advice or maybe any great advice that you received in the sports gambling aspect of it all? Um, I mean, don't be afraid to fail, I guess, and uh, and and look for look for spots in either your handicap or, or scheduling. I used to do a lot of scheduling. Uh, one of the guys that uh, works for me now, and we mapped out the whole, well, I'm going to give him credit. He mapped out the whole NBA season as far as rest spots wow. and, uh, and <laughs> you know, back-to-backs and all that with this load management now is going to be the thing. Oh, geez. But, yeah. uh, try and like think outside the box. I mean, no idea is stupid and you might, you might fall into a trend that you find you know, people pick up on even a year later or, or mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, a lot of people give me info and, um, l- like for example, this year, I think at the, uh, the Atlantis tournament in college basketball, they changed the rims for the, for the first time in like 10 years. And, and if you notice the line movement, you can still look, the unders got pounded throughout the whole tournament that could, could earn big bucks. I mean, do, do homework and don't be afraid to, to take a shot out there. And, uh, I mean, you got to work hard. It's, it's tough to, it's, it's tough having a job and a family and, and everybody has life duties, you know, dad and, and everything, but, uh, you know, just give it, give it time and, and you got to learn by falling down just like a bike. <laughs> very, very interesting stuff, guys, from Joey Tunes. Uh, just for the listeners, uh, you cut out there for one second. Joey was talking about how tough the rims were at the Atlantis and the unders just hitting like crazy. He made a bundle down there. But that's about all the time we got today on uh, this episode of the Wager Pager Podcast. Guys, that was uh, New Jersey's own Joey Tunes. Joey is a professional sports better and market maker. You guys can follow him on Twitter at JoeyTones2 for some insight, knowledge, and picks. Joey, thanks for calling in, man. We would love to have you back again soon. Awesome. No problem. I had fun. Thanks. I will. Awesome. Thanks so much, Joey. All right, guys, we got a special edition of our pick segment this week. Only one college football game on the board, and that is the traditional Army-Navy game played in Philadelphia every year. I was actually at that game once in the uh, late 90s when they had the band fall. There was a band, and, and the uh, the stands fell, and everyone fell out. Yeah, the, Google it. It's crazy shit. But uh, I traditionally bet Navy every year in this game blind. I'm just a Navy guy. I think the spread is minus 10 and a half, and I'm going to continue the trend. Give me Navy. They're going to have some really cool alternate jerseys on tomorrow. Both teams going to be crazy. Who knows? Sometimes it snows in this game. But uh, give me Navy minus 10 and a half. The midshipmen. All right. Chris with a uh, uniform handicap. That's very rare. That's never factored into the line. Uh, I like that. I like that. Uh, yeah, Chris, NFL, I'm going to jump right into it here. I played some of these games already. First game I'm going to look at here, I don't really love this pick just for one reason. I've been making money playing Tennessee, 
and I put on a small future on the Tennessee Titans to win the AFC. And Juicy. Just a little bit to win it all. Uh, just because I think that this team plays all three sides of the of the game very well. Uh, Vrabel's been great. Tannehill has really rejuvenated everybody there on the offense. Derrick Henry's crazy good. The special teams, they've been blocking kicks like crazy. Uh, I just think that they're they're very undervalued right now. I think I saw some 45, 40 to ones out there. Um, you know, we're almost three weeks away till the playoffs start. You could even hedge off of it once you get to that point. But uh, yeah, just real small. However, this week, everybody's riding this Tennessee train. I don't blame them. They look really good. Uh, their wins the last couple of weeks, they've been putting up a ton of points against some subpar teams. Uh, you know, your Jacksonvilles and your Oaklands of the world. And what did we see last week, Chris? We saw the Houston Texans just completely get destroyed by the Denver Broncos in their own building. However, we saw this coming. Houston, the big primetime win over the New England Patriots. Letdown. Yeah, huge letdown spot, possibly looking ahead to this game that has so many playoff implications. I'm just expecting Houston to show up here. I'm expecting this to be a super tight game. I could see either team winning this on like a last second, you know, field goal, uh, you know, like a 54-yarder to to win it for somebody. I think they're going to play very close. And these teams actually do play again, uh, I believe, in the finale, Week 17. So that next game could really be the bigger one with the playoff implications. But just strictly here, what we see last by low on the Houston Texans, sell high on the Tennessee Titans, and uh, yeah, figured to throw my little future in there. You never know. Love it. Love it, dude. Um, I might have to tell you there, Houston's, Houston Texans plus three. All right, moving on here. My first pick in the NFL. This is a little dicey because we, we're not sure who's starting yet for the New York football Giants, but I'm going to go against my own team here. I'm going to take the points, uh, lay the extra juice here in New Jersey and looking at minus 114 on DraftKings. I don't know why. Very clunky, weird price. But give me the Miami Dolphins, the fighting Brian Flores. Plus three and a half. These guys have been sneaky tough all year long. I love what Ryan Fitzpatrick's been doing with the football in his hand. And, and, you know, you can't say these guys are tanking, man. Give me the Dolphins plus three and a half against a very shitty New York football Giants. <laughs> yeah, Chris, I, I agree with that handicap, uh, you know, taking the points there with the Dolphins. I, I, for some reason, I like that angle of them coming back here again to play another game in MetLife. They were here last week. Uh, they have an idea of what to expect. Familiarity. Yeah. And the other thing is, too, if we don't get Eli in this game, you're back to Daniel Jones, who... Who knows how healthy he is? Maybe he just packed it in for the rest of the year, saying, "Well, they went to Eli, and now I'm healthy. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to get you know through the rest of the season." So you have that angle, and then the other angle is if Eli plays, they showed up for that Monday night game in Philly that we just saw. So now you might get a team that just came over that emotional overtime loss. They might be drained. That might have been the come out for Eli game. So I think, yeah, I think it's the right side. Take the three and a half with with uh, Miami. I like that pick. Uh, we're going to go to another game that I played already. This one I like, another similar schedule-type spot here. We're going to go with the Atlanta Falcons. Right now I'm seeing plus 11 out there, 10.5. I think those are still both really good numbers to get. Uh, the 11, not that you know meaningful in the NFL with the key numbers, you know, going through 10 and all that. But, yeah, I think it's just a good spot here. You get San Francisco. What did we see last from them? 
They played an amazing, crazy, physical shootout type game in New Orleans. You know, that game went all the way down to the wire. Uh, They just lost their center, I believe, for the rest of the season. Some guys really banged up on that team. Now they got to come home for the first time in two weeks. And, you know, that's never good. You're on the road, you come home, you're getting back into your your routine of things at home that you got to take care of. And you're going to lay now double digits. I don't love this spot at all for San Francisco. They also do have a pretty big game on deck next week, I believe, against the Rams. Um, so they're, they're going to have a game w- with a contender who's trying to get into the playoffs next week. And then what do we have with Atlanta? Atlanta's been a tale of two different teams since pretty much that bye week that they had. They beat up on a couple division foes the last couple weeks. And, uh, you know, I, I think that there's no reason why they can't finish this season on a high note. They play Jacksonville and Tampa remaining here. So I think you're going to get an all-out effort in San Francisco from Atlanta. Take Atlanta plus the points. And the Niners, actually, Chris, looking at it right now, yes, they do play the Rams next week on a Saturday night game, Week 16, That's in right. San Fran. End of season schedule shift. No more college football. Kids are taking finals. Kids are going home. I love when the NFL starts playing on Saturdays and then you just take it into the wild card weekend Saturday schedule. Very juicy stuff, Brock. Might have to take a look at the Atlanta Falcons. Dirty birds, plus 11, 10 and a half out here in all the different shops in New Jersey. Love that play. I only got one left here on the board. I've been talking about this for weeks. I'm really trying to scale back in the NFL and focus more on college basketball and NBA totals. But one last play here for you guys in the afternoon slate Sunday. I am looking at the L.A. Chargers, formerly known as San Diego. Plus three. I don't like the juice right now. I'm looking at it minus 120 here in DraftKings. But I like what Phil, I like how Philip Rivers looked last week. Minnesota Vikings a little overrated right now. Give me the Chargers. Yes, they're replaying in the soccer stadium. Half of that place will be purple. But give me the Chargers, a team that is way better than the record, probably one of the best rosters in the NFL. I think they finally get it together and put a good performance on the field this Sunday. Plus three L.A. Chargers. Yeah, Chris, the more I, I think about that game, I think that's the right side, and I love getting the three. I'll pay for it there in that situation. Great handicap there. I totally agree with it. They just came off that that you know absolute demolition of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was a terrible game from Jacksonville, and I think that team has quit, um, but that's a whole other story. They come off the big uh, the win there on the road. Now they come home. They're saying, we're dogs in our own building against these Vikings. Kirk Cousins on the road, never a great thing laying points with Kirk on the road, that's for sure. And uh, like you said, the Chargers are officially knocked out of the playoff uh, race, but uh, I think this team, knowing Phillip Rivers and his fiery competition, he's going to want to knock some teams out of the playoffs these last couple weeks. So love that handicap, Chris. I'm definitely going to probably tell you on that Chargers pick. Uh, We're going to go to my last game here in the NFL Bet this one already. Uh, by the time it comes out Friday, not sure where it's going to be, but I took it straight up on the money line. Uh, I see this game going right now to maybe two, two and a half. It's the game that got flexed in for Sunday night. We get the Buffalo Bills, nine and four, going to Heinz Field to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I don't know about you, Chris. Love it. I love the duck. The duck, Duck Hodges is duck getting it dynasty. done. He's getting it done. Uh, this game has an extremely low total. 36, so they're not expecting many points to be scored. 
Um, but I'm going to take the home team here, uh, laying the short price. And it seems like everybody's enamored with this Buffalo team. The ticket counts are very high on them, and the, the line's going in the other direction. Never a good uh, indicator of where things are going to go. And, uh, yeah, anything under three here, I think that's an automatic guarantee for the uh, Steelers to, to definitely back. And you get them on a primetime spot in Heinz Field. Mike Tomlin's very good at home. I think it's just a home run spot here. I hate to disrespect Josh Allen. Love that guy. That guy plays, you know. Plays tough, but he's not accurate. No, that's for sure. That's for sure. I I just like his ability to run out of the pocket and pick up first downs and stuff like that. But, yeah, Pittsburgh for me. I'm back in the duck. Do the duck Sunday night, baby. Love it, dude. Love it. I feel like the the Steelers have been an auto uh, fill-in at minus two, like, every week for the past, you know, six, seven weeks. I've been playing the Steelers. I'm going to ride it with you again, duck dynasty. Looks like uh, we're running out of time here, Brock. Anything else left? No, that's all I've got, Chris. We're out of time on this week's edition of the Wager Pager podcast. Got a lot of great sports coming up this weekend, guys. Holidays coming up. Be sure to get out there, get those bets in, beat those lines, and uh, cash some tickets, baby. Get pumped. Get psyched. It's the Wager Pager podcast. That's it for Season 2, Episode 16, guys. Special thanks to our guest, Joey Toons. Thanks to my co-host, Brock Landers. And, of course, thanks to the guys here at Van Voorst Films. And, as always, good luck, happy handicapping, and may the gambling gods look gracefully down upon you. Thanks for listening, guys. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Don't forget to leave us a review. And please tell all your friends about the Wager Pager podcast. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wager Pager. Also, if you or a loved one has a gambling addiction, don't be scared to seek help. You can contact the National Council on Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700. They're open 24 hours a day, and all calls and text messages are confidential. The Wager Pager podcast is co-hosted by Chris Rogers and Brock Landers, executive produced by Van Voorst Films, edited by Van Voorst Films, co-produced by Chris Rogers and Brock Landers, created by Chris Rogers and Mercedes Barba. Music by The Morose Project, produced and written at San Francisco Music Studios. Logo designed by John Carbonella. All picks are for entertainment purposes only. These plays are not financial advice.